Hey Panic Button listeners, since we started releasing Season 2 on June 27, 2023, we have heard from a cache of folks, both people involved in the story and folks who have similar stories of abuse in Oklahoma. One person we had tried to track down during our research was Forrest Smith. Forrest was running for sheriff and hired Jim Lumen to work on his campaign in 2010. Forrest witnessed the aftermath of one of Jim's assaults against a girl named Brandy. Brandy is a different victim than any of the other women we've talked to. Today, Forrest is the chief of police in a tiny town called Okarchi. Leslie also wanted to talk to him about his perspective on these cases. So here's the full interview with Forrest, who got back to us after he heard the first few episodes and wanted to share his story with us. This is a bonus episode, so it's not going to sound as good as our usual production quality, but we felt like it was important to provide this law enforcement perspective. Enjoy! Hi, is this Forrest? Yes, ma'am. Hey, Forrest, this is, I'm Leslie, I'm the legal director at OK Appleseed. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry, it's taking so long to get back to you. No, I mean, I'm surprised, <laughs> you're at a wedding, yeah? <laughs> I, I, we stay, I don't, it's not that we stay extremely busy, it's just, uh, you know, we're a small department. So kind of, oh, yeah, 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 I have been, I've been calling, like, maybe once every couple of weeks, just being like, yeah, is Forrest, is Forrest available? But I know you're out doing your job. Yeah, this dispatcher <laughs> called me, she's like, you probably really need to call these people. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm thinking, well, I don't have any cases in, in Tulsa or Broken Arrow. Uh huh. Yeah. And I reached out to a, a, a friend of mine in Cleveland. I said, Hey, I said, uh, Do you know anything about this? You know, Apple C. Da, da, and she started connecting the dots for me. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, because I asked, cause I, cause in the email I saw, it said Jimmy Woman. And I thought, Man, I ain't heard that name in. Gosh. Long time. <laughs> It, it should be longer, but... <laughs> it should be longer, yeah. Man, I tell you what, I, 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 that name just really flooded back some, you know, memory from back when I knew him, so... Yeah. Well, let me I ask didn't you. know about Kristen's thing. Now that, you know, they explained that to me, this, this other girl did, and I was unaware of her incident, mm. and I had, I had no clue, and I felt really bad when I reached out to Kristen because... I, cause we were real close in high school and mm. I just never, I never knew that. Mm. And you know, that's, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I knew he was, I know he thought it was capable, but I just never knew she was one of the big ones. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, let me ask you this. So would you be willing to give us a recorded interview or do you, or are you just willing to talk off the record? Uh, it don't matter. I, I, it, it don't matter to me. Okay. I mean, I, I it, either way. Great. I, I if you don't, if yeah, if you don't have any problem with it, I'll just keep. I'll have my recorder going right now. I'll keep it going okay, then, um, and we can just chat. Because I know that they had some. Kristen and them had told us that there had been an incident um, where you had to fire Jim from a political campaign when you were running for Pawnee County Sheriff. Right. Yeah. You know, and that, and, and and I, in thinking back then, after the fact, uh, you know, I lost that election by like three percent. And I won the primary by a huge margin. But then I brought Jimmy on, uh, and I haven't, I hadn't seen him in, in quite some time. And I can't, re- I can't remember how 
I reconnected with him. And uh, I had another uh, another individual that, that was with the campaign at the time. And Jimmy was, he's a, uh, he's a business person. This is the best way I can explain him. Like, I hate to label him like a car salesman because I know there's some really good car salesmen. Sure. He can, he has that gift of conversation. Hmm. And so when I brought him on, uh, he really went out and, and was really doing a really good job with with certain areas in certain towns. Mm-hmm. And then as this time continued, I started kind of noticing some issues, uh, just some more more of that like disgruntledness and and, and and drawback of like I'm going one way with a with the campaign and he's going it, trying to pull it to another direction. Uh, more like the muslin type, uh, you know, kind of the dirty stuff. Uh-huh. That, you, that, that campaigns are known for. And, and, and you know, I'm from the little town, so I, I, I didn't want to cause waves or anything like that, so I tried to be, be more mute with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during the campaign, he was, uh, he starts dating a friend, a mutual friend, and as a matter of fact, I think there's two girls that, that he ends up dating during my campaign, but it was the second one that uh, that tells us that comes over to the house and she tells a story uh, of of abuse, and and it was you know it was it was to the length of like spitting on her and, and things like that during arguments, and it was just it was it was that extreme it wasn't just a disagreement you know of what was for dinner or anything like that it was the far it was the extreme yeah uh so that's when we parted ways and it was hey look i, I can't have you around i don't want you nowhere near me uh that stuff it's a small town it's going to filter out uh we gave her advice you know to go make sure she did her reporting and things like that and to follow up with that but i think she she ends up she's remarried now and moved on but she i don't think i i I don't know if she ever like really follows up with files or anything on him. I know there was a huge, there was a separation and she went her way and he went his. Mm. Uh, he had, he ran with a, another individual there. I just can't think who it was, but that, that's when we kind of parted, that's when we parted ways was through that, through that incident. But Jimmy, Jimmy had, was always, his stories were always real, just real arrogant mm-hmm. you know he he had he seemed to have an unlimited income back then mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm not sure what what his business was i know he did a lot of importing and things like that through a funeral service uh he had just divorced his wife was going through a divorce mm-hmm. uh, just he, he just i mean he seemed to have uh i mean money went an issue i don't remember him having having financial issues yeah. Uh, it was just a, it, it, gosh, it's just hard to put a turn, a, 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 an explanation of like his demeanor. It's really hard. It's just, it's just that really, really extreme arrogance. Like, yeah. I'm so and so, and that's, you know, and I'll do what I want to do and treat people the way I want to treat them. Right. Uh, and I think when, I think being around me, he kind of, he pulled back some because he just knew my demeanor and what my, you know, what, what I was about, yeah. he kind of really refrained some of that. So I really didn't get to see a lot of it in action. 
but it wasn't until after I moved uh, until after I left that then the, you know then the stories would start kind of surfacing about some of the uh, the way he treated people and things like that. And, yeah. Uh, and I kind of just dug him behind me and and was hoping I would never have to hear from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel, you know, you're not the first person to have these kind of feelings of like, man, I'm glad that that phase of my life is over. And I'm, I hope this is like the last time I ever have to talk about that guy, <laughs> you know? Well, he had, to, he had that dark cloud. I mean, it, it's, I mean, he could walk into a room of strangers and, and he could, and they, he would win them over, you know? And, and I think that's how his domestic violence and the way he treated women, I'm sure that's how that started. He had that gift of conversation. Yeah. And he could walk in there and and, and, and uh and he just he carried himself just it, it he had that extreme not really cockiness but positive like you know, like I am who I am type attitude and I don't care. And uh he he like I said he he could go into the room and, and, and and, and people would listen to him and, and think he was, you know, uh, preaching the gospel. But then behind closed doors, uh, you know, it was a different, it was a, it was a, it was a dark, it was a, from what, from what I hear just from the stories from, from the past, it just turned into, you know, darkness. So. Yeah. So you mentioned, we've heard um, similar stories about him spitting on other women did this woman that was re- so this woman came directly to you, right, to tell you what had happened to her? Yeah, she came, and uh, and I remember where I was living at. She came during it was it was towards the, the I can't remember how far we were to this, the second phase of the campaign. Uh, and uh, she came by, and because she was she was helping, you know, with, with everything we were doing, and she had kids, and and she uh, just confided and said, "Hey, look, this." Just so you know, this is what's going on. I'm not. I've asked you not to be around me. But I don't. You know, her way of feeding me the information was, I don't think you want him associated with you. Yeah. And 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 that's and and, and we immediately cut ties right after that. I sat him down and had that conversation of, hey, look, you know, this is not what we're about. You know, these yeah. are going to get you in trouble. Um, we really did push, you know, for her to to follow through with those things and. And make sure she, you know, did the reporting and stuff like that. But, you know, it's the typical, gosh, I've been in law enforcement since the 90s. Uh, you know, domestic violence and, and, and victimization, that stuff has changed so much from beginning. You know, in the 90s, we weren't trained to deal with that. You mm-hmm. just, that was, that was a thing. You know, you, you went out, you went on domestic violence calls, and, 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 and if you arrested, you arrested. And back then, it was, you know, if no one wanted to really press charges on each other and they're telling you they're all going to be good, you just let them. Yeah. And you thought nothing else. Of, I mean, and you just really not thought nothing else about it. Mm-hmm. And and I've been fortunate enough to see it change throughout, you know, throughout my time. Yeah, uh, I, but I was going to ask you if you could give us, we need, we need law enforcement perspectives on this because, um, especially you, someone who's been doing this for so many years, like, the changes that you have seen, if you don't mind giving us just like some, in, like our listeners, I think would find that really interesting, just some insights into the changes you've seen and like it's how it's better today and where we still have left to improve and, and just your perspective on it. Well, you know, you know, like I, like I was talking about back in, back in the, uh, you know, the, in the mid nineties, you know, domestic violence, there were, we just, you didn't have training. There was, there was no, 
I don't recall ever having a training session on domestic violence. Uh, it, it, and even taking it a step further, even through like sexual assaults and things of that nature, there wasn't the training. There was the training as of who done who done the wrong, but there was no conversations about a victim. And so victims, we didn't spend time with. We didn't. Uh, we didn't provide them anything. We didn't provide them direction. We didn't provide them assistance. All we dealt with was the suspect, you know, or the 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 uh, the, the person committing the crime. Yeah. Uh, and then as, as 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 that time continues, and then we moved into a card. You know, you had a little card you would give somebody. Uh, you'd show up, and if you arrested the the male or the female, and then you would. Uh, provide them a little card and gave them a little bit of information on it and, and uh, uh, a little bit of guidance, a little bit of a direction. Uh, and then as, as we move on into the 2000s and then, and then the mid 2000s start seeing some victims, you know, the victim stuff really start, the training started really kicking in, you know, you're talking 2005, that kind of area. I mean, that's, when you think about it, we're not talking that, that we're not talking that long ago. Right. Like that's within the last and, twenty years for sure. Yes. I mean yeah, I mean it's 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 come a long way, but it hasn't moved fa- it hasn't moved fast enough and, and, and even today we're still I we're still not where we should be. But then we saw as as time moved on we started getting more training as in as in focusing on the victim as opposed to focusing on the accuser or, or or then you know, or, or the other side of that, and we would show up on calls, and we would get both. You know, you get two sides of every story as, as usual, and then you would start putting your focus more on the victim and the separation and and the instruction, and and then you start seeing domestic violence uh, hotlines start coming into play and some. Some outside help, not not kind of, not like we have today, but you start seeing a little bit more of the hotlines coming online that you could call and, and, and kind of get assistance and some guidance from. Yeah, you still didn't see the you, you still didn't you weren't even, we weren't even close to how we handle domestic today. I mean, it, today's domestic violence investigation is a hundred percent different than we were doing in the nineties. And, you know, we've seen the lethality assessment, you know, mm-hmm. that comes on board. Uh, and that, to me, and I'll be honest with you, you have, when you do domestic violence investigations, I'll be the first one to tell you, it's, it's the standard and the professionalism of the police officer you get to show up, okay? Yeah. If you there, there's 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 lazy there's lazy officers out there. Sure. I that that's just how that's that's that's, that's how it is. Yeah, I mean, police and officers are people too, right? Like, there's hardworking exactly, police officers exactly, and there's exactly. lazy police officers. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, so so if you've got a guy that's trained and, and understands domestic violence and understands victimization and understands that side of of violence, to show up and do that investigation. Then you're going to get a guy that's going to run it from A to Z, and he's going to he's going to make sure everything's the eyes are dotted, teeth are crossed. There's two things you're trying to two things you're trying to achieve. One, get help for the victim, and and see that through. And that's the big thing to, to see that stuff through. Not just 
here's a card. Let's call these people. We're doing a thousand and then let's answer these questions. Let's make sure we're doing follow-up on these victims. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other side is the criminal prosecution side of it. So you got to work with the prosecution and you got to make sure your, your district attorneys and your judges are, are, are getting the same training the officers are getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard. To, it, 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 the hardest part is going to a scene and you have uh, a mother and a father or boyfriend and girlfriend that are, you know, in, in, into a domestic violence situation where one of them bleeding and bruised or what have you and kids are present. It's hard to take. It's hard to take what the visual is that you're that, that you're tasked with looking at, and to put that into a courtroom. And that's that's where that's where I think that, that we're start. We we really fell in domestic violence cases because we see it as we see it at its worst. Mm-hmm. By the time the time the district attorney and the judges see these cases, everybody's cleaned up. Yeah. Everybody's proper. No one. I mean, the videos aren't brought into the courtroom. Uh, you know, we wear these cameras and we're recorded twenty four seven. But I've been doing this now for for thirty something years almost, and I have yet to have a video played in, in the courtroom. Really? Yes, and and that's. And, and I mean, we see more people wanting to look at our videos to to prove that we've done something, right? Sure. But they don't want to see it when when reality's there, right? When 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 the dirt when it's like when it's when it's needed. When you yeah. know, they don't want to see what people don't want to see what we see. They want to pretend that stuff is, don't exist. And so by the time the stuff gets to the courtroom, I mean, you know, you, you, you guys, you, you know, this these cases aren't. They're not. They're, no one's held accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're pushed out. They're pushed away. They're deferred. They're 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 dismissed. And the if you got a victim at the house who hasn't had who who's not economically stable or doesn't have the empowerment and understanding that hey you, you don't need this uh, you know you you can be financially independent and, and the education there for that victim then then the 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 uh, the accuser, the the, the the perpetrator, is going to move right back in, and it's going to start to cycle all over again. Right, right. Uh, and it, but we're, you know, it's, it's like, and I hate, and, and I know I'm just rambling on here. It seems like, but you go back. I I I've worked so many domestic violence cases, and it's just, it's it's just, I, it's just horrible to think if if I've if I've worked a hundred. 200, 300 domestic violence cases, I would tell you maybe, maybe three to 5% of those actually followed through mm. and divorced or separated. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the numbers we're dealing with. Yeah. I, I believe that just based on the larger, larger, just, we see numbers at Oklahoma City about, you know, 41,000 calls for service and oh. 900 arrests. And then even fewer oh, prosecutions, right? It just is, yeah. it's the the need for domestic violence intervention is so great. And it's like, I don't know how it is in Okarchi, but I know in these big metropolitan areas like Tulsa and, and Oklahoma City that like they, those police forces just do not have the manpower and resources to, to deal with that. You know what I mean? Like it's just, 
if the if it's like you find you have a system that's set up where the path of least resistance is the path that you have to take just be, by sheer number. Like, okay, you're not going to press charges and you and you don't want to fall through. Well, we that's it for that. You know what I mean? It's like that yeah. just kind of has to go by the wayside because I've got 17 other calls now backed up for my, for the same issue. Right. Yeah. You know, and and, uh, and yeah. I mean, you look at Oklahoma. I mean, the stats. I mean, I think we're ranked at the top for domestic violence. We are. Yeah. We are. Uh, and I think if we, I, the only thing I can just, just live in this lifestyle of dealing with, with, with domestic violence and, and assault and things of that nature, you know, you look at educational awareness, you don't know, like, is that where we attack? Do we continue mm-hmm. to attack the education side of it, the awareness side of it, uh, rolling out, you know, I know we, 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 we've now focused so much moving towards mental health. And mental health does play a lot into our domestic violence cases, mm-hmm. you know. So, so you kind of got to look at both of those. But, but the 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 early interventions and and I, I, the support services that we have for victims, they've they they've gotten better, mm-hmm. you know. They've gotten better, but I, I mean, gosh, if, if I just don't think they're where I, I personally don't think they're where they need to be. Yeah, we we still have work uh, to do. In a way, no. Yeah. Yes, we have a lot of work to do. I, I really, I really think we have a lot of work to do, and 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 I wish that. I wish we could have, uh, when we do make an arrest on domestic violence, you know, they do have where the individuals held till they see a judge, but I mean, gosh, as soon as they see the judge, they're 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 put right out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, and and if there was some, if we had that ample time built in between the onset of the domestic and the release of the individuals that, um, that's accused, if we could increase that time frame either to 72 hours uh, or 48 hours, I think that buys the victim a little bit more comfortability to get out and work with services. Mm-hmm. Because we press someone tonight at 10 o'clock, they see a judge tomorrow morning. They're, they're back, back yeah. out. Yeah, they're, they're right back out. So they're coming out at the time that maybe services are just now getting availability, you know, to get started. And right. Get right. So that, that to me, that would be the biggest help for law enforcement because we can we can spend more time on on, on or the victim can spend more time working with services and trying to get their things together. Uh, because once that person comes back in that front door, it ends. It's done. Right. You know, the cycle we're, starts we're, over. Cycle starts over. Yeah, we're we're they're not they're not gonna cooperate. They they're not gonna cooperate with us anymore. Yeah, and so I guess I have like three more questions for you. I don't want to take your entire Friday, but I could I could honestly talk with you until like midnight about this because I'm so interested in your perspective, especially with you know three decades in law enforcement. But like, my guess. So my first question is, um, you know, we hear a lot from DAs in particular, and you may not. This may be a question for a DA, but I'm gonna ask it anyway you know, that they can't prosecute the case without the the victim being willing to testify or that it is much harder to prosecute without the victim being willing to testify. And I'm just wondering, like, do you have an opinion or perspective on that? Like, why would that be? I mean, there are there, is that just true for all crimes? I mean, like... You know, I, I've seen, uh, and, I'll, and I'm going to give you an example. And uh, I did a kidnapping case uh, a few years back, and you can probably find it. And... It was in Perry, Oklahoma, and I did a kidnapping case on a, on a lady who, she escapes uh, this room, 
of the house and uh, she is walking down, running down the street. It's, it's, it's early morning. An officer comes across her. Uh, she tells him the story. I, I'm the investigator. They call me. I, I, I go in. I, I interview her. And uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I could not explain to you the, gosh, the, the, the victimization, the, the, of what the torture that this young lady had went through. Mm. And so I get a warrant. We process the warrant. We, 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 you know, we kick in the front door. We, everything she tells us that she told us in the interview is there. Yeah. The, the ties, the, the, the things that she was tied up to on the bed. Uh, there was kids in the house that confirmed the kidnapping, confirmed the torture. Uh, the, she had a, uh, make fish, make makeshift toilet. That was a can in this room that she wasn't allowed out of it's all there we we take photographs we i mean from a to z man we we yeah. cover this case perfect we make the arrest the individual is there we make the arrest uh we book him in the jail write a just a perfect perfect affidavit and he sits in jail for a couple of months the young lady goes back to oklahoma city and we can't find her. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she writes a letter somewhere in between her. She writes a letter to the police department, kind of just as the thank you and, and mm-hmm. where she got in her life and all this good stuff. And then a really promising note. And the district attorney, the ADA, I should say the DA, the ADA at the time, uh, won't prosecute the case. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember sitting in his office, and we're going back and forth. And I'm like, just put it on. Just put this case on. Just just begging, you know, hey, put it on. I don't care. If we lose, we lose. But I this I you have to try. You know, just try. Yeah. And he doesn't. He does he doesn't do it. Kicks it. He, he, they end up dismissing it and they let the guy out of prison. Wow. And uh so the uh a few let's see, let me think how let me think of this. Let me think of what day it was. Um, about a year later, this guy gets out of prison. I mean, out of prison, I'm sorry. He gets out of jail. He's held in the county jail. Kidnapping charges get dismissed. Uh, his kids, he ends up getting worked back into, you know, DHS with his children. He had two boys. And then within a year, this same suspect that I had arrested for kidnapping is the same guy that killed the deputy David Wade at Logan County. Oh. Yeah. So. Wow. So when you, yeah. So, so that was hard. That was hard. And I had to go testify in that hearing. Yeah. Uh, because I had locked him up prior with the kidnapping and domestic violence, the rape and the torture on this lady. Yeah. And I that's one of those one of those cases you look at and you're like, if we could have been stricter with how we prosecute these cases without the victim in the courtroom, yeah, he would have went to prison and that deputy would still be alive. God, that gave me goosebumps. That is just what it, a story. It was it was a horror. I mean, if when that happened, when when he kills him and the and the suspect information comes out. 
it's all I could do. I remember calling the ADA, and, they, and I'm just telling him, you know, excuse me, I'm like, this, this is on you. Wow. You know, this, this is on you because you, we, we should have at least tried. And we look at that, and, and we correlate that to domestic violence cases. If we, if, if these, the victims, man or woman, they, going into a courtroom and facing your accuser is hard. Yeah. That's hard. And, and we have to start looking at a different aspect of how to prosecute these, uh, whether we look, whether we start introducing the, this video footage or we, or, or different aspects in, in far as witnesses go, but we see it with kids too. You know, I've, I, yeah, I, I can't, I've countless molestations where I've sat there and watched them put a kid on the stand hmm. and you're just like, it's, it's horrible. Right. You know, it's horrible that we're making, we're, we make it to where victims know the, they, they, they don't want to follow through because of, because of the, one, the embarrassment. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're human. Their yeah. emotions are, you know, the, all, all, all this stuff starts coming back and we're parading these victims through courtrooms. And, and, and I can't tell you how many, how many meetings I've sat in before we put victims on the stand and, and you, and, the ADAs are, 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 you know, they're giving them a little bit to talk to, you know, trying to get them empowered to get up there and we've got to have your story, but uh, very few can do it. Very few can get up there and do it. Wow, yeah. And it's, 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 I just appreciate that perspective because that's really where we're at. Like, you know, I say we, like Oklahoma Appleseed, like we feel that, like, particularly in domestic violence, like this reliance on the victim to bear the entire burden of the circumstance that they suffered is like such a big ask it's just such a big ask and like you're saying that you know we have tools now that could help us not be so reliant on that if we would yeah work toward that when we do the lethality assessments you know and and if they meet criteria there's a phone call that's placed into the domestic violence and 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 we make these phone calls and we put them on the line they get to have this conversation and, and now we do follow-ups. So at least I know in my department and a lot of departments, we'll go out uh, and we go out to, you know, the next day and the next day and the next day. We continually do the follow-ups, even if the individual's been released. We continue to do these follow-ups just to show that, hey, look, we're still we're still here. You know, we're, 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 we're still keeping an eye on your house, basically. We're keeping an eye on your relationship. So you don't know when we're going to pop in. And, and, and I make my officers go out and, and knock on the door and say, hey, look, we're here checking on you. How's things going type thing? Almost almost moving into the counselor role. But if if we don't stay on top of the of of the the helping the, the victims through these things, then the, like I said, the, we're, we're, the cycle is just going to continue and continue and continue. And but we have you have. All these you have advocates that can get in those courtrooms and testify. You have DHS workers that can testify. You have the police officers that can testify. You have body camera footage that can show you what exactly was going on when when we arrived. You have all this material that that that, that you know DAs, ADAs make us compile and give to them. You know, if we would focus more on that and present that evidence. Instead of setting someone up there, typically months after, sometimes a long time after the the incident, 
to sit up there and, and relive it or try to tell their story. We all we're doing is we're, we're, we're taking someone that maybe in worst case scenario has left it left left the bat the person doing the battering and they've tried to move on. They've they, they found their independence, uh, went back to school, done all these great things to continue their life. And then six months down the road, we put them back in a courtroom to tell the story of six months prior. It puts these people right back to square one. Mm. It puts these it puts these women right back to here. I am. And I'm rel- I'm going to tell my story, and I'm going to sit up here. And I'm going to relive that 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 night. Mm-hmm. They leave there. Well, all we've done is set these set them back. Wow. They, that's all we that's all yeah. we're doing emotionally is is is, is tearing these people down in uh-huh. in a courtroom. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting perspective, and I'm so appreciative of just, like, you taking the time to walk me through, you know, what you just have, I mean, you've got the experience, you've you've done this job long enough to know what's what, you know? Oh, yeah, Yeah, Um, it's it's, it's horrible. Yeah, well, I know it's Friday night, it's 4th of July weekend, you were at a wedding earlier, but (laughs) if I, if I had, like, follow-ups for you, if I just wanted, like, the law, like, a more of a law enforcement perspective on this stuff, would you be open to just kind of keeping the dialogue going? Oh, yeah, no problem at all. Great. Could just call, shoot me a text anytime you want to talk, and and I'll make sure, I came back to my office tonight, and then, so, to call you, make sure I wasn't disturbed, so you just shoot me a text, and, and, and I'll hop on the phone with you. Awesome, okay, so, uh, just for the listeners, this is Forrest Smith, chief of the Okarchi PD department, right? Okarchi police. Yes, ma'am. Yes, All ma'am. right. Wonderful. Well, have a good have a good weekend. Happy 4th. You too. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye.